All right, Brian. What are your all-time top five favorite movies? Uh, I don't think given uh, I don't think you've given me the proper amount of time to truly answer this question. Well, fair enough. We are we are some movie buffs. Uh, top three. Um, no, nah, man, we're going to have to shelve this one. Uh, let's come back to this for another episode when we can actually have a proper discussion about it. But what are we reviewing today? Today we are going to review a thrilling and slightly disturbing movie called Hereditary. All right. Excellent. Grab your popcorn. Welcome to Grab Your Popcorn. I am Brian Grock, and along with me is, of course, David Kalisa. Hello again, everybody. Yes, we are coming back, and this time we are delving into the horror genre, which is something we haven't done before, have we? Um, no. I don't I, recall I, us ever doing a horror film. No, no, and I think I think this would be our first one, and horrors you know that'd be a little bit of a loose genre it's on, yeah. it's on the border of thriller and horror yeah you it, know, it, it's because it, it's not like a saw movie or a jason movie or whatever like that yeah there's no monster like in the background that's just hunting people down you nope. know or uh not that kind of movie yeah but it's it's definitely i would say that it is solidly in the horror genre because that's where it builds to but the movie doesn't start out that way no no and and you're not you're not going to feel that until pretty pretty close to the end of it and and i think that uh i actually i looked at some of the the interviews of the cast and they all actually describe this movie as a family drama wow that is not the direction i would have taken no but if you actually look back at it it kind of does make sense. It definitely has dramatic themes, I'll give it that. Yes, <laughs> with with a bunch of spiritual stuff kind of thrown in there. But uh go ahead and give us like a give us the plot rundown. I, I mean, th- this is uh you know, you're you're this is going to be your run of the mill type of uh sad movie from the start. Uh you would get introduced to a family of four who are having a funeral for the um mother's mother. So uh, grandma yes. grandma has passed. And uh, you immediately just, the film dives into the middle of her wake slash service. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, uh, to me, was actually, it was a very uneasy opener because of the mother's speech that she gives about her mom. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's not your heartfelt, you know, kind of loss sort of speech because you find out from the very get-go that she was very distant mm-hmm. and uh, unconnected with her mother. Uh, for a very large variety of reasons, mm-hmm. and so it just imme- you immediately are set off with this uh, kind of offbeat tone, and uh, a lot of questions actually in like the first ten minutes of, you know, wh- why is you know the mom toward you know her mother like this, and uh, you know her kids are also a little bit awkward, you know, from the start as well, yeah, and uh, so you 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 get this uh, little sense of mystery right off the bat, and that's gonna kind of capture your attention. Yeah. And uh, from there, um, the film just kind of goes from here. Um, It just is going to revolve around uh, grandma's death, and then it's going to develop into basically family problems that have stemmed off of that. Yeah. So uh, just to kind of run down it, uh, you've got the people in the family that are uh, Annie, the mother, uh, Steve, the father, Peter, the firstborn son, and Charlie, the young daughter. Yes. Uh, and Charlie is 
is weird from the get-go. Yeah, that was, and I hate to sound like this person, but she just has some physical attributes that mm-hmm. just kind of, it makes her on-screen appearance uneasy. Yeah, and they 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 up they played that up too. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. But uh, you know, she um, you can just tell she's maybe on the spectrum of something a little bit. She yeah. definitely uh, maybe has a little bit of social anxiety. She's got a little bit of OCD. Yep. Like, uh, so. and she also has like an extreme nut allergy, as they they like to play up from the very beginning of the movie. And she also has a very unnerving nervous tick. Yes. A little click of the tongue. Yeah. That is a very distinct sound, which also plays a really big part in this movie. Yes, it, it becomes a terrifying noise eventually. <laughs> uh, I, I did want to go back just just a little bit. Uh, so when the in the opening scene, they establish a couple of different things where, uh, like the the mother makes miniature like homes and stuff like that, but it does that really cool like zoom in. Oh yeah. The- uh, and then it like the room transitions from like the the miniature to like an actual like room right like, it's it's a miniature of their house yes. and the miniature turns into the actual house for the scene and and the actors yeah. you know become part of it. it's like the and the directing and the filmography of this is just excellent this is also really when well i done. i discovered that uh miniature like setups like that are mildly terrifying <laughs> okay yeah I'll, I'll agree with you on that it's like if I walked into some place and they've got a miniature setup of their house and it's like absolutely a perfect replica of it and like there are replicas of, of a person's life and stuff like that throughout yeah. it, I'm just going to be like, oh no, this is weird. <laughs> like there is a level of obsessive co- compulsive uh, right there that I just am not comfortable with. No, no, it is. It, it, and that's that's part of the film though. That's, it goes that's very how well the film sets up. And so I, th- I think that uh, one of the great things that, that I did enjoy about this movie, though, was the fact that it really set up that suspense. Cause every, and and it, it did so in subtle ways that wasn't just like, oh, here's an off-kilter shot to show you that the world isn't right. Like, it's, it's more so like subtle audio cues, subtle light cues, like uh, the, the, just the general look of everything. Like the the movie is entirely designed to make you feel uneasy from the start. Yes, and speaking of your your light cues and whatnot, we'll we'll dive into one of your first little kind of. Now I wouldn't want to call it a jump scare, but definitely um, you know maybe a mind scare. Uh, the 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 mother of the family, you know, they're back home after the service and everything, and uh, she's going through the house and you know working on some stuff, checking up on the kids. And uh, she goes into um, this office area that has boxes of uh, the grandmother's things, and she's going through them and whatnot. And uh, she picks up a book about spirituality and a, you know, a few other kind of, you know, uh, religious books, if you will, and whatnot. Just some uh, really weird uh, reading material for the average person. And um, she, you know, she gets uneasy looking at it, and then of course gets upset because it is her mother's yeah. things and whatnot. And um, she turns off the light, and she goes and leaves the room, and she looks over in the corner, and as clear as can be for being dark, she sees her mother standing there in the corner. Yeah. And just staring at her. No sound, no movement, no weird little look about her, no yeah. no demonic it, presence. And they, they didn't even <laughs> really try to, like, make it be just sort of like, oh, it was a trick of the light, you know, no. that made it... Like, and it wasn't, like, in the background. Like, it didn't happen, like, behind her, and then, like, the camera just panned, like, to the next scene, or we're like... She was just there. Yeah. And you notice it. And like, then like, as you notice it, she noticed it. I thought that was really cool. It was almost as if the director 
was able to anticipate and time it to where when you did when you know is when she did yeah and so she looks over and she is just you know of course in disbelief yeah and you know wondering what it is and she's looking and looking and you just had to stare off with an apparition or whatever like that and as soon as she clicks the light on gone gone and it's just really awesome, really well done, and I'm sure it's very simple to do. Oh yeah, behind the camera. Yeah, but it was just really, really good. I mean, that's literally like, hey, we're gonna film this thing, like, <laughs> and cut, like, turn the light on. It's like edit, boom. It's like uh, you know, right? Like that. It was. It's a. It's a very simple shot to do, but it's very effective. It was super effective, and you know, it just went right into the you know, kept with the tone of things and everything like that. So you. That you know, my wife and I watched this. My wife is a huge, huge horror fan, mm-hmm. so we, you know, we watched a few other movies during the day. So we wanted to switch up the, the tone of the day and everything like that. And we got into this. And it's like that scene happened. We're like, okay, this is a little bit different, and we're gonna, we're definitely gonna continue with it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, really, just from there, it it doesn't really have too much plot. You know, it's not it's not complex. It, this is more of a of a stage play yeah and uh it's it's kind of fascinating to see how it all plays out there's not a lot of like exposition right per se yeah you you just know that basically this film is going to build towards something it's just a matter of how the building will happen and what exactly it's building toward and i and i will uh i mean if you don't mind me kind of jumping ahead not necessarily in the plot but good uh but you know Similar to how this all played out with, uh, like, uh, the Blair Witch Project. Right. Is that it builds, and it builds, and it builds, and then Blair Witch Project doesn't really have, like, a super proper, like, conclusion to it. No, but it leaves you feeling... Yeah, it you leaves know, you feeling uneasy, and, like, you don't know what just happened, and, and all exactly. of that kind of stuff. And, and, but, but this movie, however, there is a very clear conclusion. Yes, and absolutely. And it's, it's trippy, because... Like everything about the movie kind of changes and it's like, okay, like, and like the other thing, you know, you, you have a few events that happen that like are not physically probable, but then you have the dialogue and like the actual movement that's going on around, you know, the event. And it's like, all mm -hmm. of that is very serious and probable. Like that could be happening anywhere in the world at any given time. Yeah. And I think that's probably what, left me feeling just like the most uncomfortable. Yeah. <clears throat> like, um, so let's kind of like jump ahead to, to some of the, like the major plot points. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to go to the, like the next tragic event, the party, the party, um, the, the mother forces, um, her son to take his little sister, uh, Charlie to this party. He says it's a school event, but it's just a, run-of-the-mill high school party with drugs and booze and everything like that. And uh, for whatever reason, he finds it okay to still be like, yeah, sure, I'll still take my sister instead yeah. of, you know, I feel like a regular teenager would have just been defiant and just been like, I'm just going to sneak out and go to it yeah. rather than trying to take my sister. But he goes and, and he tries. He's trying to, like, impress this girl, right? In a very yeah, he's and he's not very suave at no, anything. He sucks at it. He's just like, Hey, do you smoke? I got some really good weed. Okay. Yep. So he you know, just for a girl, he leaves a sister in a room by herself. And she's of course allergic to nuts. Uh, allergic to nuts, but she's also uneasy and uncomfortable and everything because she's 
definitely not wanting to be there. She doesn't yeah. know anybody, and she's, you know, four or five, you know, years younger than everybody. Yeah. And but before before he ditched her, he was basically just like, "Hey, go have some of that chocolate cake. It's for everybody." Yeah. And that's then a smart idea. Just let your sister eat stranger cake. Yeah. It's <laughs> like knowing full well that she has a severe nut allergy that could kill her. Yeah. It's like so, you're stupid, dude. So, so he goes and you know he he smokes his weed and sister comes into the room and you know is complaining about her throat getting bigger because of course her nut allergy is in high effect. Yes. And uh, and of course for whatever reason no one has an EpiPen in yeah. any vehicle or on their person. Yeah, there should there should be an EpiPen in every vehicle. Yeah, Try. especially for as much as they really hit on the subject of her having a nut allergy. Yeah. You would think that every family member would have one on their person at all times. Yeah. But you know he's a pothead. Yes. Drugs are bad and they make you forget things. Yep. So, cue the emergency, take her out, and time to rush her to whatever hospital, however many hundreds of miles away it seems. Yes. <laughs> so now they are in this dark, open country road, it seems, in the middle of, you know, almost a desert like area or whatever. Yeah. Utah. Yeah. Utah. Yeah, sure. And uh, no, that's where it was filmed. Oh, really? So it oh, was okay. Utah. <laughs> I thought it was California for some nope. reason. Okay. So they're in Utah, and they're driving down, and she's in the backseat choking, and he's in the and he's driving the car, and he's freaking out. Yeah, she she then rolls down the window to stick her head out to kind of like try and breathe, and like I and actually I really like how this all kind of played out because it almost played out like extremely realistically, and uh, and it was it was trippy. Uh, so like some papers start blowing around. He he looks back at her and is just like you know. Basically, like, hold on, you know, it's like, it's going to be okay. And then he looks back and there's a dead deer in the road. So he swerves to miss the deer and in doing so lines up the shot for Charlie to hit her head on the pole that like the, the telephone pole that was on the side of the road Yep, and, and decapitates her. And the film shows it. I yeah. mean, it definitely shows enough of it. You you see the full splatter. You hear the effect. You see the head pop off for an instant. You see the body slump down. And um, I, I'm not. I looked over and my wife and watching. Both of our jaws were pretty well dropped. Yeah. That was just completely unexpected that they just fully showed and that it actually yeah. like just happened. You know. Also, the other thing too is that when this movie got released, they really, really kept the secret that that charlie dies there oh like, yeah because she's they, on they, the poster right they and they didn't show like anything in, any in the trailers yeah of like, like the of like the car swerving or you know no, you know, they, like they that. kept that entire thing a secret and and that was deliberate actually oh yeah because it you know i think it's only 30 minutes into the film and it's a two-hour yeah. film yeah so and it's so I paused and I'm like, what the hell are they gonna do for an hour and a half? Like, where is this going? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the reason why they did that though was because of the movie Psycho. Oh, okay. Because you know the famous scene where the girl gets killed in the shower. Yeah. Like she was billed as the star of the movie, and she dies a third of the way through. Oh. Yeah. So that's like his. That's like the director's homage. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah, I thought that was pretty nice too. Excellent, especially to such a you know core classic for the genre. Yes, yes. Excellent. So yeah, so um, he, it happens. So uh, here's here's actually one of the things that I wanted to touch on, and, okay. and 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 the acting in this movie is just absolutely superb. Yeah, the, the, this movie uh, this movie is above is above like par. It's definitely good, but the acting is almost next level. Yeah, so, I just can't believe that they had this level acting with. Of like just above average movie. Yeah. 
So Peter, who has now basically just killed his sister, I mean, accidentally, yes, but has done it, like... He's definitely responsible. Doesn't know what to do, and in doing so, shuts down. Does nothing. He he is in such shock. That he just, he drives home, gets out of the car, and goes and lays in bed. Because he doesn't look, does he look back? He doesn't look back at her. He just, he keeps looking forward. I... Or does he look in the rear view once? Uh, the only time that they show that is later on when he's at school. Right. And he like looks up and he's like imagining seeing it okay. in the mirror. I'm, I would not be surprised so, if he did, but, but they don't show it on, on screen. No, so yeah, he, yeah, he complete shut down. But that right there, I mean, like that, that is a level of grief that I've never experienced before. I hope neither of us ever experienced yeah. that. That is just insane. And like to, to be able to put that on screen and in such a believable way. Yeah. Fantastic. So he awesome, sh- awesome. He job. shuts down the, the, and then the mom, uh, Annie acts, uh, she finds yeah. the body in the car the next morning. Right. Cause uh, he's, he's still laying in bed and you get to hear the distant conversation between his mom and dad about, Hey, I'm going to go to the store and grab this. Da, da, da. Do you need anything? No, I'll see you later. Okay. Bye. And then you hear the car the door open, yeah. And then you hear the car door shut, and then you, and then you just hear the buildup of his mom realizing who's in the back seat, and then you get to the next scene, which is just utterly gut wrenching mm-hmm. and top notch on the mother's acting part. You yeah. know, she is on the her bedroom floor, just like basically I would assume just trying to like rip her stomach out from the mm-hmm. amount of grief that she feels in it, and her husband's just hunched over trying to comfort her. You know, lost her mother X amount of weeks ago, and now her daughter. Yeah. You know, was she found her without her head in the back seat of the car? It yes. Just, you know, it's just it's like thirty seconds of just completely unnerving, screaming and crying. Yes. So uh, let's kind of jump ahead. Okay. A bit more here, because there's a bunch of stuff that happens kind of in between here that that builds up to a bunch of different things, but. The I let's say she she meets somebody that kind of befriends her. Yeah, well, because uh, yeah, through in, all this in she grief goes, counseling, exactly, she goes through some counseling. She meets some people, tries that out. You know, of course, is you know not working well for her because she has a messed up past and then just lost two family members. Yeah, in tragic ways, you know, months apart and everything. And so now we we get reintroduced to the woman that befriended her at the counseling, yeah. Joan. Joan, and um. And and this kind of leads to a weird sort of friendship between the two, but it's kind of an uneasy friendship because Annie doesn't truly trust Joan because of a couple of little clues that she's picked up on. Well, yeah, a couple of little clues, and then also I think just the fact that she's also still grieving. She she's not looking for yeah sympathy. She's not looking for friendship. Yeah, she's just looking for a way to cope. Yeah, you know if that makes sense. And so uh, this this leads to Joan eventually like like accidentally running into her and telling her like, Hey, I went to the seance and it was amazing. You need to come do this right. with me. Blah, blah, blah. Because you learned before that Joan was at counseling because she had lost her, um, her I think grandson, grandson. Yes. She, her, she lost two of them. Yes. They both drowned. And, um, so like, you know, she was, you know, sad, you know, when she first met Annie, you know, but then the second time when they run into each other, quote unquote, um, Joan is very happy. Mm-hmm. She's very turned around. Yep. She's excited to see Annie and she explained, like you said, she explains this little seance, little summoning that she went to and was very unbelievable about it and very skeptic about it, mm-hmm. but came out 
completely turned around. Yeah. And invites Annie over to her apartment yes. to perform it and show her how it works as you can do it. It's You can do your at-home seance. Yes. Like, that is huge red flag number three that you run into in this film. Like, never do that shit at home. You too can do a seance at home. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Order now and you'll get two demons for the price of one. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they go back to Joan's apartment. She does the seance and, like, it's it's really trippy. Like, she, she basically, like, it's not... Uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's not even like like implied. Like it's it's flat out like nope. She's in communication with a spirit. Like there is no other explanation for this. Right. You got you got stuff moving around the tables. You got you know Annie's hair being brushed against whatever. Yeah. And she's still um you know not believed you know you know not believing in it or whatever. She's checking on the table for magnets and trickery and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Joan pulls out her little chalkboard. chalkboard yes. And, Which is uh, funny that you actually just said that they, uh, like, she was looking for magnets and stuff. That's actually how they did that effect. Oh. Which so makes sense. They yeah, had to. They had to figure. Out, to stand straight up like that. They, they had to figure out how to get the get the magnet into the chalk, and then figure out how to get it close enough to, like, the the chalkboard the itself. To hold it against the yeah, board. and then and then have it be able to write smoothly on. Right. The, like like they seriously had a hard time figuring that one out, um, and it, like and it seems like. Like when I first saw it, I was like, "Man, I wonder if they're actually like doing practical effects for that, or if they're just doing CG." And it was like, "No, they did practical effects for it." And cool. I was like, "Good for them." Good for them. Yeah, especially nowadays when you can literally use a computer for anything. I just think it's funny that it's easier for like these guys doing practical effects to do like weird dead bodies and like decapitations and stuff like that without CG. It's like, uh, you know, but it's it's harder for them to do a chalkboard writing independently, <laughs> and, like or a chalk writing on a chalkboard independently. Gruesome bodily harm, easy. Kid magic chalk, hard. Exactly. <laughs> like I was like, I love that. I love it. It's like that just goes to show irony. Like, that is irony in its yeah, finest. <laughs> love it. I love it. Uh, so yeah, uh, Annie, Annie like experiences all of this stuff too with Joan and she's freaked the fuck out, freaked out. But then at the same time, she's also like, you know, holy cow, like maybe I can actually get in contact with Charlie. And like that to me right there was like a, a kind of distinct feeling to like pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. There is now hope for the grieving person yes. that has just lost, you know, their, yes. you know, their child and whatnot. So it's like, okay, I can, I can now communicate. And I now know it's real. Yes. And it's horrible, horrible choice. Yes. You know, it's, like, it's almost like, you know, you spent too much time playing with your miniatures. Probably should have spent a little bit more time watching yeah. some of those really shitty horror movies to know not to do this. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so let's jump to she does the seance at her house with which, the family. Which is a very, very creepy scene. Yes. You know, because she, she wakes up everybody in the middle of the night, which is... You know, uneasy to begin with. Great idea, Mom. <laughs> let's let's. It's like two. It's like quarter to three in the morning. I'm gonna go wake up my son, who's like freaked out at stuff because he's killed his sister. He killed his sister. And, um, I think by now he's also experienced. Uh, he had a. Uh, yeah, he had his first at school experience. Yeah. Um. The, the whatever has been going on or whatever he uh, he is starting to see things. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know why. He doesn't know what's going on. And he's been having weird reactions to things like the like the nut allergy kind of deal. Like he starts oh, yeah, with to his weed. Yeah, having like a weird yeah. sort of reaction to things. And then uh, he he looked at himself in a reflection, 
and his reflection looked different than what he did. Mm-hmm. And that freaked him out and caused him to have to like go home early or something like that. And uh, and then also by now you uh, you've also learned that the mother uh, used to sleepwalk. Yeah, and almost killed um, her and her son. Yes, doused everybody in like lighter fluid or paint. It was paint thinner. Yeah, and woke herself up when she lit the match. And uh, so that that also has created tension because now you know her and her son's history. Yeah, and but uh, there's sort of a weird like psychological thing going on like for her. So uh, so she brings everyone downstairs. She goes, "Hey, the so and so that I met." Uh, you know, taught me how to do this seance and we're going to communicate with Charlie. And the dad's like, no, forget this. This is not what we're doing. We're, this is not healthy. And, you know, she becomes, you know, when she was begging and pleading, it reminded me a lot of like a drug addict. Yeah. You know, well, kinda I like, mean, kinda, grief kind of can present itself that way. And, and which is understandable. Like, that's just like, that's where my mind went of like, you know, just her, you know, composure and present, you know, presentation of it, whatnot, just like, no, please, 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 please. You know, you got to let me try this. You got to see and everything. So she does her little seance and summons something completely different than whatever showed up at Jones. Yeah. And, uh, you know, is doing some weird stuff uh, with the candle and everything, um, you know, making stuff fly across the room. And then uh, you get your first hint of kind of what's going on with the film. Uh, you get your first possession. Yes. And um, it is uh, what I believe to be, I, I'm pretty Charlie. sure Charlie's spirit goes into her mother. Yes. And um, is wondering, you know, what's going on? Why is yeah. everyone afraid? And that is definitely freaking dad and brother out. Yeah. Because it, uh, it sounds like Charlie. Yeah. The, yeah. The tone of the voice changes. It's, you know, completely different and everything. And, um, uh, husband has to throw a glass of water in her face for her to wake up and everything. Yeah. And the, the son at this point is like completely broken down. He is freaked out. He is done. He, um, he doesn't want any more part of this. And, you know, just, you know, I feel like this is also like where the, like the big disconnect from the mother starts happening yes. even more than like what he already is. Yes. They, uh, Oh, what is it then after that? They, uh, I don't really remember what the next step is in the film after that. Crap. Uh, well, so after that, um, she tries to go back and contact Joan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she can't. And, like, you you get this look into Joan's apartment, and uh, you see all this weird shit on mm-hmm. the kitchen table, and you see this triangle that's been carved into it. And it's the same triangle that was in her attic. In, uh, gra- no, it was in oh, grandma, the gram- grandma's the, yeah, bedroom. Yeah. And it was right next to So, like, you know now that they're connected in some way. And then you also see um, Charlie did some weird shit in the beginning of the film where that bird uh, flew into yeah. the window. She took the scissors from the classroom and cut the head off the bird. Yep. And then was in her little treehouse creating something. Well, you see a lot of that stuff on the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. So now you know that Joan is a part of whatever is going on and is also connected to Grandma in some way. Yeah. And then Annie fig- figures it out because she sees Joan's floor mat at her door. And um, says made mention that her mom used to make stuff exactly like that. Yeah. So when she relooks at it, figures out what's what, she goes back to the house, gets goes through her mom's stuff again, and then finds the mats that are exactly like that for yep. her kids. So now she knows that Joan is connected, and uh, is 
pretty upset at Joan because now she knows that Joan knew who she was. Yeah, and knew been lying the family. To her, yeah, and then she finds the photo album of the weird little ritual celebration that, that her mom had with all these people. Yeah, where like she's dressed in white and she's having like gold, you know, trinkled over her head and whatnot. And Joan is in like every other picture. Mm-hmm. So then she starts reading these books and whatnot, and you get introduced to this entity called Payment. Yeah. Who um, is envious of a man's body because he is a man and uh, he is also the god of mischief mm-hmm. in whatever realm they are, you know, he's from or whatever. Yeah. So you've now got a few big pieces of the puzzle. And, okay. Somebody is trying to summon payment mm-hmm. and do something with him, but you don't know. You haven't seen Joan ever since the but, apartment yeah. scene. And, um, and whatnot. And you also have this kind of also unnerving theme through the film where you like, you know, people are watching the house because you got these like, you know, far away views that are going on mm-hmm. and like they're watching people inside the house. Like that shit messes with me because I worry about that all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, just like who could be watching you at any given moment from anywhere and you just not know. Yeah. And like realism in a film like this, you know, can fuck right off because, <laughs> <laughs> because it just it, it just makes you not want to go out in the world after you get done watching it yeah so mom is starting to piece all this together she's freaking out she knows that she summoned something that she wasn't supposed to mm-hmm. um she tried burning um the notebook the notebook because like that was their connection to mm-hmm. whatever they summoned and when she tried to burn it she caught on fire as well so now she thinks that she's connected to the book. Yeah. And um, and everything. So she's figuring all this out. And while she figures all this out, she um, you know, notices some weird shit going on up in the attic, goes upstairs, and finds a headless dead body in the attic. Yes. And it's surrounded by all these weird little symbols mm-hmm. and candles and everything like that. And... Um, she looks closer at it, and, and you know, I think she recognizes the dress. Yeah, realizes that it is her mother's dead body. Yep, in the attic. Awesome. So now, parallel to this going on, we are now um, we go back to school, um, where the son is still freaked out and sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. And um, through the film, you've also noticed this light, this little reflection, a pulse of light that that happens yes. to come every it, once it, in a it while. It comes around the room or like it goes into a focus kind of like when you know you reflect your glasses from the sunlight. You yeah. Get the little, you know, the little, Very nifty effect. Yes. Um, as he's walking towards his classroom, the light goes around him and he notices it. He, he sees it and it, it focuses in and it goes right through his classroom door. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know something's going to happen in the classroom. He gets in there and sitting down and like this is where you point out, you know, he looks up and he Visually sees the rearview mirror of the car. Yeah, from the from the night his sister died, he's freaked out by that. Then all of a sudden, the light goes on to him, and he is now possessed. Yes, and this was a really freaky scene because they added, you know, the sound effects people did really good with, you know, they did the bone crunching stuff and whatnot. Yeah, and uh, the the teacher looks at him and is just like, "Are you okay?" And dude looks like he's having like a brain aneurysm. Yeah, it looks like he's having a stroke or something. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he 
face is all weirded up and everything, and he's I you know think started to like nosebleed. Then his hand flies up in the air into a weird position. Yeah, because and I think that is to signify that it has a hold of him. Like he is like that is what the possession is like. That's how they're holding him. Yeah. Well, there is another reference to that later on too. What his arm being up like that? Yeah. We'll get to that in just a second. I must have missed it. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. So it's up, and then the whole classroom is staring, freaking out. And then all of a sudden, he just slams his face. Into the desk. Twice, like full force, as if like he is headbutting somebody for dear life. Breaks his nose, and like that breaks the connection between him and the entity. And he just starts screaming. And like, good acting on him for this part. Yup. (laughs) Like that 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 just looked like 100% genuine. Didn't know what the hell was going on. And, of course, like, that would hurt like hell. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking your own nose on your desk. Um, so now we fast forward to night. Dad had to go pick up son from school because he's, like, unconscious. Yeah. And um, he's taking, taking him back home and realizes that he just he has to do something about his wife because he thinks his wife is having a nervous breakdown. Yeah, like she's just going crazy. Yeah. So we get back to the house where she has stayed there. With the entity, with the little fiery notebook, mm-hmm. and the dead body in the attic. Yep. <laughs> and she's trying to convince her husband that, like, you know, it's like the, the, something, something crazy is going on. It's like, this all needs to, you know, like, there's the body upstairs. Like, this notebook and blah, blah, blah. It's like, we probably need to destroy the notebook. And she's like, so you you destroy this notebook. Well, and, and he's, like, done with it. You know, he's, yeah. he's pissed he, about, you know... Son getting hurt and having to pick him up from school again. Her still going on and on about all this. Like, he is at his wits end as both father and husband. Yeah. And it's hard to watch, like, you know, because you you want to console. You want to comfort. You want to take the pain away. Yeah. But when you just have so much going on continually, it just wore him down. Yeah. And he's just like, fine, I'll do it. He's like, but that's it. We're done. Like, I'm, I'm leaving after this, blah, blah, blah. Walks over to the fireplace, calmly throws it in. No, he doesn't. He refuses to. Oh. He said it's not healthy. I'm not doing this anymore. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, yeah. like, she is just, she's really pissed off because, like, fine, I'll commit suicide in front of you. You know, because she knew that when she threw the book in. She'd catch on she'd fire. She'd catch on fire. So it's doused with lighter fluid. She throws it in. Husband combusts in flames in front of her. Yep. And the look of horror on her face. I don't know how she made that face. She had, like, one droopy eye. One wide open, her her, she almost had like a Sylvester Stallone open jaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like, oh my god, that's not what happened last time. I just killed my husband. Yep. <laughs> and then um, light effect goes into play, goes into her, mm-hmm. and she goes from just completely horrified to calm and creepy. Yep. And um, outside shot of the house goes from day to night. And son wakes up from his nose breaking coma. Yeah. And uh, now we are at the the climax of the film. Yes. <laughs> the, yeah. This is where everything goes completely insane. Completely insane, and and of course you are now at your, your what you're going to feel your most uneasy. All right. So I I can honestly say there are two moments in in here that are like the super creepiest for me. Okay. All right. So uh, let's do the initial setup here that he goes and he finds the, the father's body. Well, he, he wakes up. Yes. And like it's completely dark in the house. And of course, it's dark outside. 
and nothing's working and like he's calling out for mom and dad nobody knows so when he sits up in the bed the camera shot that they do is not really close on far enough away to where you see the walls behind him mm-hmm. and you see her up in the corner of his room like on the ceiling yeah in this really weird like spider-man like position holding herself up there yes silent as death <laughs> and still not doing anything yeah Calling out, nobody's answering, nobody's doing anything. And then as he goes to look around, she spider crawls across the wall into the house, silently not to be seen as well. He doesn't notice. Yeah. So now he starts to get up and wonder what's going on. Goes downstairs. Finds, finds the dad's body. Finds the dad's body and he because re- he notices his dad's wedding ring. Yes. Um, He's also he, now been decapitated. Yes, and he's he's freaked out now. It's like because of this. And then this is where first weird creepy thing number one happens. Uh, when she runs out of the corner at him? No. No, okay. It's when the noise is heard and he turns around and sees a weird naked dude smiling at him oh in the doorway. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, because and that dude smile like they seriously like they would they had to go out and find it like okay give us your creepiest smile and that dude just goes like and he just holds it. He almost looks mannequin like, like. Yeah, like it's just completely frozen. Like and you're just like you, why are you there have weird that, naked dudes in the yeah, house? You're like is is this like a weird trick of the light or is there some weird random naked dude? And then you're like wait a second, isn't that that same dude that smiled at Charlie at the funeral back at the beginning of the movie? Yes it is. Because this dude's Holy creepy. Holy fuck it is. I didn't notice that. Really? Oh my god, Becky. No, I did not notice that. Wow, yeah, that's the same dude that smiles at her in the, at the very beginning. Oh. Oh, that's even more creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's that. Like and that's that and then like he's just like looking around and stuff and you see that the mom is once again up in the corner doing her Spider-Man thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then you hear a little <laughs> noise and like, Isn't it Charlie's click? Isn't that also what they're using? Didn't they bring that back? Was not it? for that scene. Okay. No. Uh, you just hear like a, like a little bit of a movement. Okay. And then he turns and then like, you know, sees where she was. There's nothing Not there. there. And she he, he turns back around and it's such a quick cut that like if they'd held on to it for a second longer, you would have been like, oh, she's right there in the corner. But they no, don't do that. They cut back and immediately she runs out of the corner, like right at uh, right at him. And, uh, and and good for him. Like the, most times in movies, you trip on some bullshit or whatever like yeah. that. But like, he had some good legs on. Him. He the, kept his composure. And actually, that's, that's what I loved about it because he bolts and like is is running. I think he runs upstairs. She runs after him, but he's like he's you know d- double stepping the entire yep. way. It's like and she's she's maintaining pace with him, and then he goes around the corner and she slides into the corner and that's when i was like oh like that's that's actually like a lot more realistic than just oh creature is chasing after him and can't catch up to him oh no yeah it's like like they she kind of wipes out while taking a corner and that gives him the brief second that he needs to actually make it up the attic because he's like i can shut this and that's exactly what happens he goes up the attic and he shuts the door and then he's just like you know mom blah 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 what's going on and you hear this do 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 Leading me to creepy scene number two. <laughs> creepy scene number it, two. He's calling out to his mom, trying to figure out what in the world's going on, and like blah 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 blah. He's calling her mommy, even like he's yeah. he's reverting back and like trying to. Oh, to like he is connect. scared shitless. He, yeah. he is. And then he is they cut. State. Then they cut to what is making the noise, 
and it's the mom attached to the ceiling, banging her head extremely yeah. fast against yeah. the door. It's still right side up. She is upside down, hanging yes. on to the to the attic door, just, just going do, 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 with her head like super fast. And it is just super, super yeah. crazy. Looking. It is. It was. It's one of the scenes that I was just like, oh god, no, that's <laughs> that's not normal. No. Uh, and then like. That's when he realizes he's up in the attic because it goes silent down below. And then he's just like... He starts looking around. Why are there candles everywhere? Yeah, because now, now there's like quadruple the amount of candles and they're throughout the whole attic. And I'm like, why is there a weird fat naked lady standing behind him? Oh, yeah, and more naked people in the attic. Real creepy looking. He, he goes, Real uneasy. He goes to where the body had been laying before of, of his grandmother. No longer there. No longer there. But there is a like a outline of candles and there's a little thing and there's a picture of him, like a school picture with the eyes poked out. Yeah. And like that and there's the, the there's like the symbol there, like on the wall and blah, blah, blah. And that's when he like hears this thing and he turns around and he looks up into the rafters of the house. And there's his mother <laughs> levitating with what I can only assume is a piano, piano wire. wire. That's what I that's what I thought it was. And then proceeds to saw her own head off very nonchalantly. Yeah, well, like because it, it starts off slow, like she just is like going back and forth, yeah. back and forth, kind kind of like uh, Emilio Estevez in uh, Breakfast Club with his little hoodie strings. Oh yeah, going back and forth, like just kind of like that, and then progressively going faster and faster and. Whatever sound effect they use for that. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. That that just reminds me of like the, the curb stomp yeah. noise in American history. I like you know what that sound is now. Yes. <laughs> so so she's doing that. He turns around and sees that like there are other people there, like in in the the attic with him as well. And he's like, screw this, I'm leaving, and jumps out the window. <sighs> What happened? I could so, have sworn something happened that caused him to jump. Like, he, well, I, think, I mean, after I seeing his I, mother like sawing her face off well, no, and, or her head that, off, I, thought then, I could have sworn that like something like came up, like was like in his face or behind him or something like that. No, no, it was just he, just like, him like they that? they like stepped forward, like the the people stepped forward and saw him doing this, and then like she hits like the artery or something, blood flies out. And it like landed near him, and then then he's just like, nope, got it, gone, okay, and then jumps out the window into the into the 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 garden down below, and you're still hearing the sawing noise going on until all of a sudden that stops, and the next thing you hear is a, which is the body falling from the rafters down to the floor, or at the very least the head, uh, and so no, it's it's the it has to be the body because you see the body float out. Yes. Yeah. Well, it had to be the head because you don't see the head float float out. Oh, that makes sense. So the head falls, hits the ground, which is like you know what decapitation number four at this point. Because you got the yeah, if you count the dead grandma's body, yeah. decapitation number four. Yeah, uh, and so the most like, graphic one though. Yeah, definitely the most graphic one. They don't actually show the head falling off, but they show everything else up to that point. And then that's when you see the light go into Peter. Yes, finally. Like, it, it is now fully, like, on and into him. Yes. And he sees that there's a light on in Charlie's uh, uh, treehouse, tree house, which is an epic treehouse, by awesome the way. Awesome treehouse. And then his mother's body floats out of the attic window that he jumped out of. Yes. Floats down and then goes to the treehouse and floats up into it. Yes. 
And you're, now we have reached the supernatural part of the film where it's crossed over into the horror genre. Completely. Completely. And like now we're in the unbelievable stuff. Like, okay, now we're in the, the floating corpses and so, shit. Yes. So he climbs up in there, finds a bunch of naked people, like bowing down to him, or bowing down to, to a, uh, a mannequin. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like this weird little wire mannequin cutout thingy that has <laughs> that has Charlie's decapitated head on top of it. Yeah, the the one that was sitting out in the desert for how many days? <laughs> yes. So so decapitated head sitting on top of the mannequin. It's got a crown on it, and then this is where the hand reference comes in because okay. the mannequin's hand is in the exact same position that Peter's hand was in. Look that at little, you. See, I should have watched this with you. Like that weird little right. like, no, wrist yeah. bent and finger pointing out kind of deal. Yeah, so it's in the exact same position. And uh, I think it's I think it's the same hand. I could be mistaken. Maybe it's maybe it's the left hand that was that Doesn't was matter. The, I mean, but either the, way, it's the same position. Oh yeah, yeah. Once you once you notice it, you know what it yes. is. Yes. So uh, that's when he looks around and he sees that the decapitated bodies of his grandmother and mother are bowing down to the mannequin with Charlie's head on it. Yes. Then he's looking around, seeing all the other people. Somebody uh, walks over, grabs the crown off of Charlie's head, and puts it on his. And then that's when you hear, I believe, the voice of Joan. It's definitely Joan's voice. You don't see her, but it's, it's now all dialogue off screen. Yes. And, um, and the brother, he's just standing there because, like, it's not that he looks like confused it's the fact that he's now he looks been, confused though it's but it's just the fact that because he has now been fully possessed by yes. the entity payment and joan goes on this and like this was a creepy part for me like being catholic and religious and like hearing her talk it was like very similar you know yes in a sense to like what you would hear in church like the the verbiage of it the delivery of it and like that just as a Catholic is just uneasy for me. Yes, and guaranteed deliberate, hands down. Good, good job on the director for that, and the writer, of course. Yeah, uh, for doing that. So she goes on this whole spiel of you know, you have now been given this healthy male host. We are now loyal unto you until death, mm-hmm. and uh, you will be the leader of the uh, the the hell demons or the hell kings, whatever yeah. you call them. Well, she she says that like. Uh, you know, all hail payment, like the one of the eight kings of hell, blah, yep. blah, blah. Like, and like, you know, you were the, we are lo- your loyal servants. Teach you know, us everything that you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like this whole thing was to literally just put him into a body. And, uh, and no, no, no. It was to put him. It was to remove him from the female body and put him into the male body. Got it. So that's the thing. That's the crux is that Charlie was payment the entire time. Did I just blow your mind again? The entire movie? Yeah. Like, even while she was like... She didn't know what was going on necessarily because it wasn't a, like a full-on possession. But it was one of those things where... like, Because you remember going Man, I back... Did, I did not read far enough into this movie. Holy crap. Yeah. So so even even like the reference uh, like later on when she's talking to Charlie after after the funeral, like she's like, you know that like you were... Like your grandmother's favorite. Like she was the only one that could feed you. She was the only one that could do this and blah, 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 blah. And like, I mean, it was it was a bunch of setup to basically to where even from the get-go, Charlie was possessed by payment, but not 
not like full on like possession of because it was it wasn't the body that he was supposed to be in. Right. And so that's why she was weird. That's why she had all the weird ticks and like that kind of stuff. And then when she died, that was part of the process because, you know, you remember on the poll, there was the the sign of that they were doing. So she had to die so they could transfer payment into the male host. Got it. And then, and then of course, early in the film, something we skipped over part of Annie's family history. Uh, her father died of starvation because mm-hmm. he, he didn't want to be around and deal with his wife and like all her craziness anymore. Yeah. And then her brother, um, how, uh, the hell happened to him? He, I, Oh, he committed suicide. Didn't he? Something like that. Yeah. yeah so be, because and like to quote the movie and to quote him, he kept saying that grandma was trying to put people into him because Payman needed a male host. So grandma yes. was trying to put Payman into him and cause him to kill himself. So she has a whole messed up family history all because of her mother. Yes. And so when she had a girl, that's why she thought it'd be okay for grandma to be around her. And now I understand that grandma basically from birth put Payman into her. Just that he got some sort of host to live and feed off of. Yes. And then when he got old enough and once grandma died, as I guess I can only assume part of the ritual. Yeah, that was that, yeah, that was part like of the start it. of it. You know, then it was time for Charlie to die to transfer. Ah. Yeah. There so, we go. So here here's kind of the the funniest not the funniest, but one of the more interesting parts of this entire movie. Everything is creepy from the get go. Yes. Okay. Everything starts out creepy. It stays creepy. It builds on creepy and keeps going and going and going until the final like climax of the movie where the, the mother is sawing her head off and then you see the light go into, uh, go into Peter. That's when the music changes. If you didn't catch it, yeah, yeah, go back and watch it again. It goes, it goes goes from being, it goes from being creepy to being like almost saintly. Right, yeah. it's it like builds on this major chord, like a to this like crescendo, a... and it's like it just keeps like building and building and building until like the final scene, and then like it cuts, and then like that's when the credits roll. It's like a sermon but song, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's so trippy because it's the reverse of like everything. It's all like you know, oh well, obviously the horror movie is supposed to end on a good point. It's like blah blah blah. The good point, however, is just not from our perspective. It's from the cult's perspective. Right. And they're like, oh, my God, we've summoned our king. Yes, we have succeeded. Ah. And that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the amazing part. That like, that's It's one of the things that, that I actually thought was really cool about the movie were, were some of the subtle things that were done. Uh, to sort of turn the horror right. genre a little bit, you know, on its head. And like, and uh, you know, we talked about right before, um, you know, getting going on this and everything like that. And what we agreed on is that, like, you know, for as good as this movie is, it also does have its cons. Um, obviously, predictability. Yes. Um, for scenes was, uh, a, was yeah. a little bit of a falter for this. And I, and I, I I said that before. Like I I basically predicted every every outcome except for the last one. I had no idea that it was like, going oh, in that, that direction. Like, oh, that was going into the treehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like I had no idea that was going to happen. But but every single point up to there, like I I predicted Charlie's death, you know, five minutes before it happened. Like I, or at the very least, I predicted somebody's death. I just figured it was going to be hers. I didn't know that it was going to be decapitation, though. That was the, <laughs> right. That was the thing that threw me. Uh, and then like a couple of the other points too, I was just like, okay, it's like just logically this needs to happen to 
yeah. you know, for the story to progress. And that's, that's where I ran into some trouble with, with the movie in and of itself. And that's because, uh, not only could I predict it, but at the same time, it's like I could, uh, like I just, I just saw where the story was and where it was going and like how it was going to play out. And, uh, and so it kind of detracted a little bit of the movie from me, uh, for me. But will I will say uh, is, is that the other points of this movie are what make it really good. Right. So like we talked about the miniatures and stuff like that. So the entire inside of the house was built on a set. So they could remove walls. Oh, okay. like a miniature. Got it. And so that's why like a, everything. Like on that's why everything looked fake. Like for the most part. Every single room that was there, like, looked fake. And so she, like, she, when she came upstairs and she walks through the hallway, she walks through the door and then walks past, and the camera goes, like, basically where the wall should be and then zooms in. Like, all that was because they built everything on a set. I picked that up very early on, actually, when they when they did one of the first scenes. And I was just like, oh, this is like, this is like a Wes Anderson film. Like, everything's designed to look fake. Right. Uh, and that's exactly really what it was. So it's like Wes Anderson horror film. Like that's <laughs> kind of what, what the vibe is from, from, uh, the, the gecko. And that's what, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about this film and wanting to do it and everything, because I, I knew, I knew off the bat that, you know, you, you don't purposely go out and watch horror movies or, yeah, I'm not or big on the horror like genre, but you know, by the end of this one, I'm like, you know what I said, I'm sure he'd at least find this. Interesting yeah. enough to want to do a review on. Visually speaking, it's actually a very interesting film. Like lots of really good shots that were used yes. for for different things there. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm 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 glad I can I appreciate it. I, I can appreciate with the movie for what it is. At the same time, like I, you know, horror movies just don't do anything. For right, me. I know. But I know this and movie. This movie hasn't impacted okay. my you know, life every, at all. Everyone, you know, everyone's different on these and whatnot. But yeah, you know, we try to dabble in a little bit of everything. You know, we yeah. don't want to stick to to one particular thing. So anyway, so yeah, that's your main breakdown of all your main scenes. I mean, we we definitely skipped over some of the filler scenes, and whatnot. But that's yeah. only because some of the filler scenes also hold their own level of uneasiness and creepiness. And uh, if you do still want to watch this before you go see Midsummer. Uh, we want you to be surprised by him. We yes. want you to, you know, get your own feeling you know, of yeah. it and everything like that. So uh, let's let's jump jump into uh, the cast here okay. and actually start out with the director Ari Aster. So this was his first feature length film. Really, and did, not bad, he eh? Also, didn't he also write it too? Uh, I believe so. Yes, uh, it says here directed by, and uh, he yeah. So there's that, and then he's got Midsummer coming, uh, or is it out now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Released, uh, I believe, like two weeks ago. Yeah. So, so he's got two movies now under his belt, solidly in this horror genre, and I think that people are going to be looking forward to his movies for a good while. At yes. least, I, I think the reviews for Midsummer are pretty, pretty. Yeah. Solid. No. And uh, you know, through my social media, I've seen um, a few people um, that have uh, already gone to see it and whatnot, yeah. and uh, they uh, they were not disappointed. All right. So let's move on to Millie Shapiro, who plays Charlie. Okay. She's only done a few things. She's uh, definitely a young actress. Yes, she she's done a couple of, of little TV bits here, but Hereditary is like her first major role. Uh, she did have uh, I did see her in Splitting Up Together, uh, where she had like a small bit playing sort of a weird, creepy child there too. So you know, it is what it is. Um, I I think that for the little bit that she was in the film and for uh, what she was able to do for such a serious film, yeah, um, so she's got some good things coming her way. All Time right. will tell, though. 
Let's jump up to Alex Wolf, who plays Peter. Um, yeah, this guy was uh, phenomenal. Yeah, and he's got a lot of a lot of stuff under his belt right now. A bunch of TV shows, a bunch of different movies. Um, uh, let's see, what else? He, oh, yeah, he was in Jumanji, where he plays young Spencer. Um, I uh, I just going through one and I realized I he is a character that I did not like, <laughs> which nobody liked in Patriots Day. Mm-hmm. Did you get to see that one? Uh, about the Boston Marathon bombing with Mark yeah, Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays the the one kid. He, yeah, he plays plays one of the bombers. Yeah, but all in all, I actually think that he he has one of the best performances in the entire movie. Uh, just from like the the sheer level of grief that he experiences, and then like just moving throughout the film. Yes. Uh, let's go to Gabriel Byrne. Um, this guy, he is definitely he's a been an top every, actor. Everything like under the sun, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. But actually, here's here's the cool thing about him, as far as this movie is concerned, uh, is that he is the he is the the gravity that is trying to hold the family together. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, he's, he's trying to keep everything composed as, as yes. best as he can, but for what everyone's going the through the best scene that I think he has, he's got a lot of really good scenes. The best scene though, for him, as far as acting is concerned is he, uh, is when he picks up Peter from, from the, the school with the broken nose and he's and Peter's in the back seat and like, you know, just like zonked out and he's at the stoplight and he just starts crying. Yep. It's like, like this is like the first moment where he's actually like grieving what what has been lost, and it's because he kind of realizes that like nope, it's all over. Like there's no coming back from this whatsoever. Yeah. Little did he know he was going to be dead in a bit, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that just sheer feeling of defeat. Yeah. and seeing it on screen, it so was awesome. But Gabriel Byrne though has has played like numerous. Uh, guaranteed you've seen him in something. You know, it's funny. It's, it's guaranteed you've seen him in something involving a demon, even. Yeah. Because he was in End of Days, and he was in Stigmata. Like, and uh, Ghost Ship. Yeah. It's like, but he was probably more famous, in my opinion, for The Usual Suspects. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, good uh, stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, he also had a really, really good, I don't know if you got to watch this. It's an HBO series called In Treatment. No. He plays a, uh, he plays a therapist. And the setup of the show, it, it, it did really well. I think it ran for three or four seasons. Um, but the setup of the show, I remember I was in um, Carbondale going to college when it uh, debuted and aired. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was actually a five-day-a-week show. And each day of the week was a particular patient. So, like, eventually, like, stories started to, like, intertwine and meld together. Mm-hmm. But overall, like, if you liked one particular patient, like, that was kind of like the day of the week that you watched. Yeah kind of deal but it was it was really well put together it had a, also a great cast in it but he's you know he's the the main therapist or whatever and of course um he's going through his own stuff and he has his own therapist that he goes and sees so it was a really really well just all dialogue dr- uh, driven drama yeah so all if, right. uh, big fan of him definitely give that a watch so then on to the other like i would say lead actress of this movie and that is tony collette Oh yeah, definitely. She, and she is she the is, lead she is a sure. powerhouse of an actress. Yeah, because uh, the one scene we left out was the dinner scene. Yeah. Um. Uh, but we we'll save that for the viewers because that is super intense. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, everyone has a yeah. mother, and um, if you have ever, for whatever reason, come across a mother going through that level of anger, 
Um, it, it was, it'll be just as uneasy yeah. for you to watch as it was for me. <laughs> so seriously, you cannot go wrong. I don't think Tony Collette has done a bad role at all. And it's just go watch her and whatever it is that she's done. Cause she's amazing. But let us get on to our ranking for this movie. And, uh, I think I will start it off by saying that I've got to give this one like a, a six because, I, I enjoyed it, but at the same time, it's not something I'm going to go back and watch again. No. And I think that th- that if people are really big into this, like they may be like, oh, that's horrible. How could you give this a six? It's like, well, this is just my opinion. So, well, I mean, you could rank it higher. Than- it's just your opinion, and it's also, you know, it doesn't help that it's not your thing. Yeah. But I did that on purpose, you know. But, I- but as far as like, I mean, if I could separate this into different categories even of ranking this movie, it's like overall I would give it a six. But if you're looking at like direction and cinematography, nine. easily right easily as far as acting like like nine like all of like all of those things like all in their own individual right are top notch but together as a whole for me as a movie uh watcher i'm not going to watch this movie again like it's just not my thing and that's fair enough i probably will like i said only because you know i know my wife is big into the you know into the this particular genre and whatnot she likes her jump scare horror yeah you know, little possession movies and whatnot. So, so what do you got for it? Um, you know, I'll probably, you know, I'm going to go a little bit higher with, a, you know, seven, a little bit above maybe. All right. Seven and a half would be really, really pushing it, but <laughs> I don't think it's quite there. But, you know, I think I get lucky in the fact that I'm, I kept a little bit of a child quality growing up. So I am yeah. a little bit more naive going into movies. <laughs> so I'm able to be a little bit more surprised than, you know, most other people are or like, yeah. especially you. So like, you know, I had a little bit of predictability of the film, but not near as much as you. So I was able to have a little bit more of a genuine shock and awe, if you will. Yeah. But so, and that probably is also going to, you know, play a little bit part into, you know, my higher score. Absolutely. But, it, but you know, it's not, you know, rolling off the top of my head. I couldn't tell you what a high ranking, like excellent horror movie would be like. I don't know if I could go through right now and like give like yeah pick one that would do like a nine yeah or even an eight or whatever like that just yeah. because the unrealism of them you know always gets to you and whatnot i think the closest for me maybe thinking about it just now would be the um the remake or the reboot of it just because like yeah it was fantastic and i got to and like, it was terrifying it was terrifying and i didn't get to see the original on the big screen i got to see that one on the big screen yeah and like that was just crazy but anyway so so I'll, I'll leave it at seven. So it's a good movie, not a great movie. Definitely one where if you like the genre, it's going to be a good one to have under your belt. Agreed. And also with this, you know, just super impressive that it was this guy's directional debut with the film. Yep. And, you know, that is just awesome to see when, when people like that just come out of the woodwork and just hit a home run. Yeah. You know, in that aspect, it just makes you excited. Like, yes, we got somebody new on the scene Mm -hmm. and, you know, hopefully he stays around for a while and doesn't get too shitty with Hollywood (laughs) because I, you know, if, if he can do that with a horror film, I know that he's stuck with it with midsummer. I, you know, I'd like to see what he does when he wants to do something outside of his wheelhouse. Yeah. If he wants to do like an action movie or even like a drama. Yeah. I'm going to be all for it. I'm going to be in line to see it probably. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can possibly do. Even though you'll never watch it again, I'm glad that you at least yeah. got good aspects from it. And, you, and I'm glad that you at least got a couple creepy scenes from it. I would yeah. have been disappointed if, uh, <laughs> if somehow something didn't creep you out. But, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's a little bit newer movie. If you guys feel like watching this, um, it is actually, if you're a Prime member, 
It is on Amazon Prime right now to stream. There you go. So you don't even have to, you know, if you have a membership or know somebody does, you don't got to spend a dime to watch it. All right. Available ready for you. Other than that, I got nothing else. Yep. So uh, find us on social media if you happen to do so. Uh, look us up on Facebook, the Grab Your Popcorn uh, group, and uh, have some fun checking out whatever it is that we are posting there. And, uh, and la da da, that's all I got for that. There is. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we try to be interactive when not. We, yeah. Anything movie related, news wise, especially upcoming stuff where, you know, cast announcements, yeah, direction, yeah, yeah. Or, or even new movies being announced, uh, you know, we're always going to try and share to the page. Yeah. And, uh, I'm on there a lot. You know, I, I like to goof off. I got a few buddies on there that have, you know, started to troll the page a little bit and it's been hilarious. Yeah. So we're having fun with this. We're going to continue doing this. Yeah. So. We got no plans on stopping. Nope. But uh, go out there, watch a good movie, and remember, folks, to grab your popcorn. Bye, everybody.